0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Truth Prevails. I am Amanda. I'm Astasia. Hi, I'm Astasia.
1: Hi Amanda. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, it's like every time we come back to record um we just go like through different things.
1: We mm-hmm. keep doing
0: different things and it's like Okay, Lord, we know you're doing a work. <laughs> Woo! Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, how have you been?
1: Um, I'm like you're asking the one who's prone to tangents. Let's see how they, this goes. <laughs> um, you know, I I will rejoice in the Lord because He is good. Um, and even if at times I feel like I am downcast. I still want to praise the Lord and trust him. So um, going through new forms of trials and all that, but also being able to see his grace and mercy shine through and his glory as well. So I can't say it's been bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you? Um. Let's see. I am, I can definitely say scriptures of do not worry about tomorrow for today has enough on its own and this is a day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I could say all those things, but to be on the raw end of everything, um, had a really, really rough night of sleep last night. Um, I suffer migraines, they can get pretty, pretty bad sometimes. So, last night was one of those nights, and um oddly enough, I had strange ugly pain in other areas, and I'm like, "Oh Lord, you know this makes me just want you to come back even more sooner <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. as we're just you know when you just suffering is not fun, but there is something so beautiful in it." And yeah, some might say, oh, how morbid, or how emo. <laughs> I might say something like that. But no, literally, um, it just, it gives you a softened heart. And it gives you an ability to see God in such a way. And just to see how he comforts you. And I mean, there was an instance through the night where i went from oh my gosh this pain is so unbearable lord help me please please to my heart wasn't beating so fast and it seems like if it was anxiety over the pain or whatever it was it was almost like this overwhelming peace and i'm not gonna say it lasted for a long time but it was definitely something very significant as though God made himself aware. And oddly enough, I think as I was kind of falling asleep, maybe because of finally the pain wasn't as bad. So I can kind of fall asleep for a little bit before it probably hits again. um, I started praising God. I, Just started saying, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that I can cry out to you. Thank you that this pain doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you that this pain is doing work. That this suffering does does do a work. That and it was just like I would say, I got to a place of worship. And yeah, so." It's amazing, (laughs) it's amazing what, what God does if you truly believe and you cry out to him. And sometimes it might be just like a moment, but then other times it just seems like a really long season of that, that peaceful bliss that he gives and yeah. But I mean I am quite tired right now and yes it was a rough night of sleep but I'm trusting the Lord is getting me through the day and I will continue to trust that he is going to get me all the way through until I need to go to sleep again tonight and and he'll get me through till tomorrow until he returns which um that's really how we have to look at this, is if you're suffering, if you're going through things, and it really makes a whole lot of difference when your mind is consumed with Christ mm-hmm. and with his word and the truth and the promises that he gives us to hold on to. But we don't need to get all into that because the topic of conversation is going to be Anastasia it's about, I'm just kidding. Because you're like, Mastasia? I'm like, what? No, I'm kidding. It's
1: about worship. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Why the reaction, Amanda? Uh, because it's just this always of uh, our topics. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. So, um,. Worship. Yes. Worship. Okay. I kind of wanted to basically touch on several different things of worship because I know that there is like immediately when someone says worship, it's like it always goes to raising your hands up in the air and singing and that's worship. Um, which we'll we'll touch base on that a little bit. Um but you know what? Okay. We'll touch base on that right now. <laughs> um yeah, and like yeah. Um so I mean, literally I've had that. I mean, I was one to believe that when worship is just Hey, it's when you you're in the church and you're raising your hands up and you're like, ah, oh, you know, just singing and and that's just like oh, all that and everything. Um, I don't know, Matsuja, did you have that inclination about worship when you first became a Christian?
1: Yeah, and it's and it's not even like, oh, that's not worship, but it was almost like that thought of that's like, you know, in the beginning, like, oh yeah, that's the only worship.
0: Right. Right. Um, so, okay. So let's get all into something that will ruffle some feathers and probably not sit well, and, but that's okay, because we're not really here to sit well with people right (laughs) now. Well, are you there, Miss Yes. Okay, so, um, we, both of us, Nastasia and I have quite a bit of reservations to what we worship to when it comes to music. And we want to give a biblical reasoning to it. But how do I go about saying this? Um If you're listening to this, we just highly highly recommend you to to heed any convictions that may come over this. But Just know that we're coming from a place with complete sincerity and we're not telling you this because we're trying to tell you like this is how or why or when or who or this. We're just telling you what we're seriously convicted by. And we trust that it's the Holy Spirit. That is giving us that conviction. So I know many people um, are fans of certain bands and or groups or whatever you want to call it, because it's it's entertaining and it's something that is. Highly used in many churches that we know of. So. But basically, the way that we look at it is that when you know the background or what you know with some churches or some groups or some bands or whatever you want to call them, what they're teaching is either deception or blatant um, heretical teaching. It's kind of hard to worship to their music. So I kind of want to have Mastasia give a little bit of what her experience and knowledge is on it. And honestly, Mastasia, it's up to you if you want to name them or not, like completely. But um I just kind of want to hear because I know that you and I have had these discussions and this is a pretty serious topic. At least we see it that way. Um, but I would just really like to have Nastasia kind of give her knowledge and understanding over her convictions that she has with this situation of worship.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to be afraid to name names because in the Bible, like, if anybody was, you know, teaching something that was a false teaching or anything like that, they were called out by name. Like, there wasn't any kind of, like, oh, but be sensitive to, say. it was just, you were, they were called out, you know. But I I will preface with the fact that um, this is more so a word of caution. And to pray over this and um, look into it, uh, you know, carefully. Just because we've done our deception series and kind of went into, uh, well, we definitely went into all the biblical warnings and all the reasons why we should be cautious to deception. And so, um, for those reasons, I want to caution you to Bethel, Elevation, Jesus Culture, Hillsong, because um, some of them, either by direct teachings or affiliations and um, working together and supporting one another and everything like that, have taught things along the lines of blatant prosperity gospels or even uh, publishing works that have um robbed Jesus of his deity while he was on earth and different things like that that, you know, for that those reasons, though deception can be very subtle and just lightly sprinkled throughout different what it would there be sermons or even some of the music or whatever, um, I believe it would be wise to at least be cautious to it and look into it because of all the biblical warnings and all of the care that the Bible gives against those things. Um, so for me personally, um, you know, we're told to worship in spirit and in truth. And any time that, you know, those bands come on, being that they're not just standalone bands, because I understand nobody's going to have it exactly right but they're active movements that draw people in via their music. Whenever I hear them come on, I am rather than, you know, able like being able to just shut everything out and focus on the words. I am constantly reminded of the deception that can come out of it and that it is being used for those things as far as what I've been able to see. And so I cannot, um, with a clear conscious, conscious, conscience, There we go. I cannot, um, you know, freely worship to those songs because of that reason. Um, And so, again, it's just to caution you, because if it were to truly be deception, it would be terrible if we turned a blind eye. And from what I've come across, it does seem to have a lot of red flags that make me very wary of it. So I am no expert, but um, I would advise you to just be careful and mindful of these things.
0: Um, Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. I know um, she's had to, Nastasia has had to kind of um, stand up for what she believes, and I really commend her for that. Because it seems to be something that's a lot less a lot less of an occurrence in the state of the culture that we're in and everything. So what it reminds me of, though, is that scripture where it's to um, to worship in spirit and truth. And the fact of the matter is is that a lot of us want to remain in ignorance because that makes things easier, right? Um, and even sometimes when we know about stuff, we still would want to attempt to just be like, oh well, there's God's grace, you know. But the fact of the matter is is that when we worship in spirit and in truth, we have to be able to worship completely from our hearts and minds. And so with Nastasia mentioning that when there's an attempt to worship or even to listen to that type of music and mind you it's not just those four groups there are actually individual artists out there as well where what they stand for is complete deception as well so again i can't reiterate enough with what Mastasia says is to do your research and don't go insanely overboard but just simply look into what they stand for who they associate with what it is that um, they what it is that they believe in as well, because I strongly believe that that's a reflection of what comes out in their music. And mind you, we might say, oh, this moves me, or oh, this um, brings me to tears, or oh, this really speaks to my heart, or oh, this, or oh, that, you know. And it's just it's it sounds really more emotionally driven. And I'm not saying that there's not sermons or or some music even at at that that can cause some sort of an emotional reaction but I think we need to really be careful when it comes to that especially if we can't fully with a clear conscience and with a softened heart worship in spirit and truth like if there is any slight conviction if there is any slight of uh, this doesn't feel right then we need to heed that. And I think Mastasia and I have gotten to that place where it's just something just doesn't seem right. Something's not right. And it's because we know what they stand for or what they're teaching or where they come from or what they believe in. And we can't stand in agreement with that. More so now as we're starting to see all these new developments and all these things that are happening. I mean, people are quote unquote, worshipping. Um, just about anything. And that's simply that you can idolize uh, a statue. You can idolize a car. You can idolize money. You can idolize a person. You can do certain things and that is now deemed as worship and that's okay in this world. But see, that's not okay with God. Worship is something that comes Solely from the heart and the mind, from the spirit. And it can only be done when you have the Holy Spirit in you. And that's something else that we strongly, we strongly recommend to examine and see if you're truly in the faith. Because it seems more and more people are not in the faith. And so whatever it is that they're claiming to do in worship, Or they're simply giving it the label of worship because it just looks to be the most popular thing to do, which is to raise your hands up in the air and to sing loudly and to cry over a song is actually not worship. Worship is something that we do day in and day out all throughout the day. Worship is something of just giving all honor, glory and praise to God. And there's really, truly no external action that really conveys that worship. It is something that happens within us. It's the knowledge of knowing Christ. It's the knowledge of of talking to him, of praying to him, of, of giving him that praise, that sacrifice of praise, even when things are not going well. It's having that ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to worship him in spirit and in truth. And knowing the truth of God's word in your mind is how you're able to give him that worship that is worthy, that worship that he receives. But I think that there's just um, quite, quite a bit of distortions over what worship is. And honestly, it just seems like so many people are worshiping a false god when it comes to worship they're they're worshiping something fabricated they're not worshiping the god of the bible because if there's a fail to heed the convictions of the word if you're not being an actual doer of the word if you're not actually seeking to to do what he has placed upon your heart to do or the purpose that he has for you or to know him to love him to trust him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's, it's, I know that there's two scriptures that I put together there, but seriously, to trust him completely, to love him completely. That is what he calls us to do. It's to do the will that he has strictly put in his word. And that is to worship. That is where you're able to truly worship from spirit and from truth. So, Nastasia, I don't know if you have something to add to, I said a lot, but if you have anything to add to that, it would be greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, I I agree that it's not like it's some purely, like, emotional thing, or like, it's not something that's done for that reason. Um, You know, of course I'm not... I don't think it's, like you said, it's not wrong to have those emotions either in the sense of, you know, you can listen to a sermon and even that, you know, stir up emotions in you, um, you know, and and I also know, though, how there's plenty of times in the Old Testament where people are lamenting their mourning, and yet they're declaring that they will praise the Lord and they will rejoice in him, even though they're so downcast. And so even though their emotion might be one thing, they're still giving that sacrifice of praise. Um, And so I would say you shouldn't elevate emotions and an emotional experience over worshiping in spirit and in truth and, um, you know, offering that sacrifice of praise, you know. So I don't think it should be about us, really um, there's enjoyment in it for sure. There's even wonderful emotions that can come. There've been plenty of times where in worshiping and song and, um, and, you know, I believe there's even scriptures, um, about, you know, worshiping with like the instruments and raising up your voices and, you know, you know, and dancing and just things like that in the sense, um, in that sense as well. And there's been plenty of times in that where it's like, I'm drawn to tears because I'm just so focused on Christ and everything he's done and I'm repenting and rejoicing and delighting in him and it's a very wonderful thing. Um but then uh there's also like that scripture um Romans twelve one, where it says let me get it in the King James I beseech You, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present to your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, you know, uh, that word service could also be translated as worship. Um, So, like Amanda was mentioning, you know, it's not just raising up your hands and singing and it's not just emotional experiences or anything like that, it's just, it goes beyond that. And so, um, not to say those things are bad, but in proper context and not, you know, elevating what feels good to you above anything else because it's supposed to be
0: a complete thing. (laughs) Yeah, so. So just to pick you back a little bit over the little part where you were saying, you know, in repentance and having that repentance. You cannot fully worship God if you have unconfessed sin in your life. And that's just because you cannot do it with the right heart. If your heart is not in the right place. How are you to worship a God who a God of perfection in a way? And it's not to say that you're perfect, but you have a cleansed heart. You know, because usually like you said, Nastasia, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, it's just it drives you to repentance. And, you know, because that's what it is. God simply he loves when someone has a broken and contrite heart. It's something that's just like, Lord, oh, my goodness, You know, even if you're going to him and you're repenting to him, that is an act of worship because you're giving all of it to him. You're repenting to him. And he is the only one that truly forgives. So it's like you're going to him and that is an act of worship. But if you're also attempting to, let's just say, worship a song, you know, and you're just singing it, I mean, can we actually go and think on what's going through our minds when we're singing these songs? Are we thinking of the Lord? Are we wanting to show adoration for him? Are we wanting to sing for him and only for him? Or are we thinking, what are we going to (laughs) eat? Are we thinking, you know, oh, I had... This had, you know, this happened to me or something of an occurrence, or I'm probably going to do this later. Yet we're moving our mouths and probably raising up our arms or doing those things and everything. But our minds are so far from him because what we have in our hearts is a reflection of what's in our minds. And it's, it's like, where is that? Where is that? So you can never go wrong with simply going to the Lord and saying, convict my heart, Lord. Convict my heart that it be broken for you, that anything that I have that is unconfessed or any anything that I have done against you or to against another person, Lord, please convict me that I may repent of it. And I think we fail to repent of things just believing God is so gracious, so he knows my heart. So he knows, you know, what's going on there. So I can continue in the sin because he's still doing a work in me. No, I'm sorry. That's not how that works. You can't continue in sin willfully and say, oh, I can worship God. I can totally worship him. It's almost like, I think I I wrote something before where I said some people want to, um, Just kind of keep an arm in the world, or just for some sake, or for whatever reason, they just actually, I think I said it the other way around, where it's like they want to keep one arm with God, but then they just want to keep the rest of themselves in the world. As long as they know they have a little bit of a grip there, and then they'll be okay. And they're still able to do everything that a true follower of Christ can do, because I mean, still part of them is with God, right? So, but no, there's no ability to truly worship God or a a worship in a sense that is worthy of him receiving if it's not a complete one. And that just goes back to what you were saying, Miss is like to have it fully complete. There has to be that softened heart and it has to come from spirit and it has to come from truth. So as our minds are being renewed through the power of his word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as our hearts are continuously being softened, That is the only way that we can genuinely worship our Christ, our Savior, the one who has given Himself completely to save us from hell. So, I mean, I just, when you think about it, it does move you and it does want to bring you to tears. But those tears are not, I wouldn't even go as to say, like, oh, it's just, I'm crying because. Oh, just feels so good. Because again, it goes back to we're not worshiping for our sake. We're worshiping for him. And it's for him. And he gives us that ability through the Holy Spirit to worship him. It's all for him. (laughs) Like, the one thing I've often heard, and I'm going to say it now because it is so true. If you can't truly worship here in spirit and in truth, you're not ready for heaven. <laughs> it's like, you're not ready for heaven, because I—I mean, seriously, the Bible does talk about it, where it's just going to be worshiping the Lord, and we're going to enjoy that, and it's going to be amazing. So, I, I don't know, Missasia. It's like, do you have anything to add to this? <laughs> no, I think that about covers it. <laughs> On that specific area of worship. Well. um, Can you give me a little story. Of where. You had a moment of worship. That. I don't know. You may have had a sense that. Something was off. Or at least you weren't worshiping. From spirit and truth. Uh I know
1: I've definitely had times where it's like you're in a church and everybody's, you know, worshiping and singing and playing the songs and everything and um and yet I was personally going through some trials where it just like I don't know, it just felt like um in that particular moment, in that form of worship, where it was just, like, I I couldn't, like, I wanted, I just, I don't know, I didn't want to put on, like, some fake gesture, I wanted it to be genuine, Um, and so I know I've had instances of that, where it's just kind of, like, or I'm, like, trying to force myself but see then on the other hand it's also like there have been times too where I didn't want to rejoice in him and I didn't want to praise him but I still wanted to offer that sacrifice of praise in the sense of even though I feel like I'm being defeated I know that that isn't true and so despite my my emotions I'm still going to voice aloud that you are doing a work and you are going to be glorified so I don't know if I exactly have an instance of that I know like like I mentioned the convictions with certain worship organizations or whatever you'd call them that. um, The first time I was exposed to the idea of that possibly being some form of deception, I was, you know, it would come on and they would come into my mind, but then I was like, Oh yeah, I don't know. And then eventually I looked into it further. And then with having everything I knew it would come on. And even though the lyrics are good the passion seems great, you know, I just had that conviction, it just wasn't sitting right with me, I couldn't partake in that, um, so, um, I know that I've had those experiences, and so there's not any, like, particular moment that I can point to, and be like, ah, yes, on this day, this happened, or anything like that, but I've had different, what I've
0: mentioned, (laughs) pretty much, but, yeah, so I know that there have been um I mean you and I have seen instances where some people are, are drawing attention to these groups or artists individual artists and they're trying to bring it to um their congregation they're trying to communicate this to either pastors or elders and things like that. So just on a quick note is if worship is affecting you in a way that you cannot literally worship in spirit and in truth. I believe that you should bring this to your pastors and your elders over it, that you should bring that attention. And our only hope is that as Nastasia mentioned was that they will do their due diligence in looking into it. And heeding any convictions that the Holy Spirit may bring up. So there's this thing of just immense amount of fear of approaching those in a church. And that should never be the case. They are there to shepherd the flock. They are there to be held accountable. As the Bible says, pastors will be held to a higher standard. They are there and even in ignorance and even in, you know, willful disobedience or whatever you may want to label it, they are still there in an act from God to shepherd the flock in truth and only his truth. So if there is something, and this is not free reign right now to just voice every little critique that you may have, but we're distinctly talking about worship right now and the type of worship where your congregation is worshiping to certain types of musics, certain types of genres, even that certain types of ways. If there is something that is not sitting well in your spirit, not because you don't agree with, you know, I don't know, just you just want to be very critical or highly critical. Even some would say legalistic. No, we're not talking about that. We're simply talking about, there's something that's not sitting right in your spirit and your mind just does not allow you to worship in truth. Then it is your right as a congregant to voice this to a pastor or even to the elders. But I cannot emphasize enough, do it in grace and love. And if they refuse to listen that's something that you should really pray about and see what God would have you to do from there. If they listen and they still come back and they do believe that they're right in what they're doing, then again, it's a reason for you to pray about it and see what the Lord would have you to do from there next. But truly, I just want to give the encouragement to congreg- congregants that when there's something that's truly not sitting well in your spirit, you should, I mean, absolutely should make this known to those that are shepherding you. But okay, that was it. Unless you have something to add to that, no <laughs> Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, so with that, I just kind of want to jump to a different way of worship. And that's just worship in everyday life such as in your job, with your family, um, what that may look like. And literally, it goes back to being a doer of the word. So when you're worshiping out in the world, in a secular job, or even in a Christian job, or even with your family, or even with unbelievers, the way to worship is to always have God's truth, first and foremost. Always be walking in that. Always be seeking to be a doer of his word, to have your mind renewed, constantly living by what he has as standards and not what this culture has. You are being an example of Jesus Christ, of who he says he is in his word. And no, not to reach perfection because that won't happen until we're there with him but to simply striving to live that holy life and know it's not going to be perfect for we sin every day. So we will have to repent of that. But in our acts of worship, in our everyday lives, in those that we encounter, we are to exemplify Christ. Ms. Asia?
1: Yeah, I think, um, it kind of ties to that whole thing. Like if, you have if you haven't repented over something you can't properly worship and so it's that same thing of like if you're going through your life and willingly like walking in sin and you know not really repenting over that and everything it's like then even in your walk it's like how can you be worshipping if you're blatantly disobeying and um not revering god it's either going to reveal that you might never have really been of him, or you're about to get chastised because you are legitimate. And that is also something to, like, it's, it's God Almighty we're talking about. So any discipline, though it is an act of mercy, it is still discipline from the Lord. And it's not something to be just, oh, it's whatever, like, no, it's not going to feel great, for one, it's discipline, and it never feels good in the moment, um, but, you know, being who it's from, there's an intensity to that, and so it's just, um yeah, so it's just kind of like in, you know, the way that you're living, and living for him, and serving him, rather than doing things that are clearly against him, and not really wanting to be familiar in his word, um, because if we truly care to serve him, to please him, to know his will, um, he gave us his word for all of that. And so if we choose to remain ignorant to that, then we're doing ourselves a great disservice. We're doing God a disservice because it's just like, he's given us what we need to have wisdom and to learn, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's just really immersing yourself in that truth and then walking it out and putting it into practice and um when you stumble repenting going to the lord as he has made that way for you and then continuing to continue like practice wanting to live out his ways because again like amanda mentioned we're not going to have this down completely to perfection until jesus returns and so um i'm not trying to say there's going to be some type of perfection or anything how I wish that could be true. <laughs> but. um, It's just. Don't run from the Lord. Repent. And then keep on
0: going. So. Yeah. So. With your little cuteness. Nastasia, How about we do your random. Facts about Nastasia Right here. Ah. Oh, you're so sweet. Calling me
1: cuteness. <laughs> okay. Well. Let's play the jingle. Little random facts about Mastasia. Oh my goodness. You know, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I said that I had to make a list. I don't know if I said it, but I'm saying it now if I didn't, that I had to make a list to remind myself of certain random facts mm-hmm. about myself because in the moment I'm like pressured and I'm like, wait, what? Uh I don't remember anything about myself. Who's Mastasia? Like, um, so Yeah, that list has been used up thoroughly. And being that I don't know if I've shared that little detail, that information about having a list.
0: um, I'm going to burst your bubble and you have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Okay. And now I'm like trying to like think back to like, what have I shared already? (laughs) What is interesting? Um, I had a phase where I thought like pocket watches are really cool, but instead of like using an actual pocket watch, I had like one of those pocket watch necklaces and then the chain broke and I was like super like bummed about that because I thought that was going to be my thing. You know, I was like what middle school, high school. And I was like, man, this, like, necklace pocket watch is going to be so cool. Like, I won't even need to check my phone. I got my pocket watch, you know, on my neck. <laughs> and then the chain broke, and I was, like, super bummed about that. And so my mom and dad and I, we, whenever we went to run errands, we'd, like, if we went to, like, the mall or something, we would, like, try and see if we could find, like, just a chain, either from another necklace or something. And they were – I, they just – we couldn't find any for some reason, and then eventually found one, but it was this, like, super long one. So it, like, went from my neck down to, like, my waist, maybe. Like, it was just, like, obnoxiously long. Um, So eventually, even though I now had a chain for it, uh, the phase gradually faded away. But I still have it because, like we've talked about before, I'm a bit of a sentimental hoarder. Um, So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even tick anymore, but it looks cool. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, that about
0: does it. So, I didn't know about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got, like, pictures in the backyard my mom wanted to take where I was, like, had, like, this dress or something and, like, some boots and the pocket watch. And I was, like, making, like, these funny poses, like, when you get down real low and, like, kind of, like, stick your hands out, like, hey, what's up kind of thing or whatever. Like, I was trying to be, like, dorky. mm. Yeah, but then, you know, also some serious photos, but anyways, anyways, I guess I bring that up to say if you ever wanted to see them, Amanda, they, they exist in the folder, because I also hoard video memories, so I have tons of pictures, tons of videos, too much that I'll probably never fully look through, but they're there for my comfort, (laughs) I don't know.
0: Anyways wow wow okay so yeah i'll probably have to see that one day <laughs> okay sorry i'm just like i was like i didn't know this about amastasia but it's see i learned stuff too on here i don't know Mastasia completely
1: yes in case you didn't know random facts about amastasia is a very educational bit okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> kidding oh my goodness Um, okay. So yeah, going back to just a little bit more touching on the worship of every day, um, showing, you know, acts of love to others, the brethren, other people, that is a form of worship. So if we would want to break it down in little ways, obviously, being generous to others, um, volunteering, helping out those, the widows and the orphans, um, basically bringing Christ before things, speaking him forth, speaking his word forth, and um, showing that genuine love towards your brothers and sisters in Christ, to your immediate family, raising up, if you have children in the ways of the Lord, Submitting and respecting your husband, as you've been called to, your role as a woman, a wife, Um, at your work, obviously living at peace with those at your work, um, giving them the truth, not shying away from Christ, but living out your relationship with Christ living out your Christianity. Um, How else can we put this out there to showing love to unbelievers to, um, this is something that I struggle with and I'm going to be completely honest with because when it comes to family members or even those that you have closest to you, there's always like this desire to just be like, ah, how come you're not getting it? Like, I really want you to, I don't, I mean, have you read Revelations? Like, I don't want you to end up there. I don't want you to end up in that. And, and it's, it's so real that many, I believe, take it as a joke, but regardless of what their reactions or what they say is still continuously love them, to still continuously show them the love of God, to continuously give them the gospel to remind them of the truth of who Christ is, um, to be there for them. It's basically to sacrificially love them in a way that we are not accustomed to doing here in this world, in culture, because we've mentioned this in a previous podcast about love is that it's always about me it's me. What can I get out of it? What can I do? You know, what what am I going to receive? How how am I going to feel about all this? And no, we're referring to the biblical type of love, which is completely sacrificial. And that is towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. That is also to those that do not believe because I believe the scripture. um, I may butcher it, but it's okay because it's okay. Anyways, but it's basically... If you love others that love you, what gain is in that? But if you love others that do not, it's like, it's more of a reason to, I don't know, if you could find that scripture, if not, it's, I'm not worried about it. Um, But I know it was Paul that was saying it.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like, if you love those who, I don't have it before me, but like, if you love those who love you, like. There's nothing special in that, even the unbelieved, like, love them who love them. Exactly. But um, if you love your enemy, then that's, like, taking it a step further because it's, like, that sacrificial love. Like, yes. you don't have anything to gain out of that.
0: Exactly. And so that, again, is to do an act of worship. It's, it's amazing what that word truly encompasses. But, again, I cannot say this enough is don't believe that if you're in willful sin or you are not mourning your sin or you're not repenting of your sins that you can actually do these acts of worship or you can worship the lord almighty and be okay it doesn't work that way and now someone might say, well, you're judging my walk with the Lord. No, I'm strictly giving you what the word of God says, and if you read your word, you will see that as well. So, if you have an issue with this, you can take it up with Jesus Christ. You know, our mm-hmm. Father. You can talk to him about that. <laughs> yeah, and and one thing
1: one thing I want to say before we run out of time because it is ticking by is um I know Amanda usually asks the questions, but one thing that came to my mind is you worship who you revere, right? Like whoever you honor, respect, you just have that fear. You want to please them. You don't want to disobey them. You have this reverence for them is what you direct your attention to, your care towards, your effort towards, your praise towards. And so what is it that you are revering? What is it that you're worshiping? Do you revere God? Do you want to obey him? Do you mourn when you sin and you just are driven to repentance? And, um, you know, it's just, do you have that reverence where you want to bow down and worship him because he is God? Or is it not quite that, you know? Um, I will say, as a new believer... Especially being that the way that I viewed worship was primarily like just musically. <laughs> um, the further you go in your walk and the more you know Him, the more you are renewing your mind in His Word and being refined, and um, the deeper the affections grow, and the more that that can start to look different and start to look more and more like other forms of worship, deeper forms of worship types of reverence, wanting to serve him, and all of those things, so I'm not saying you'll come right off the bat, and like, got everything down, you know, there's this work being done, you know, I'm different from how I was back then, so I'm not trying to say, you know, you have to be, and I'm not even trying to say I'm at this place where it's like you're like this certain level, like, you know, you gotta, if you do it like this, and you do it like this, and you do it like this, and only then, it's great kind of like you'll learn and it might not feel good but you'll learn you know it'll change it'll be different depths I guess is what I'm trying to say but overall the truth is still the same it's that you know love and reverence and
0: obedience and service and praise and yeah so let me clarify just a little bit of that little part where you said, Mastasia, where you're not going to come and have it all together. You're not going to come because God is still doing the work, but let's clarify that when you do first initially believe you have the Holy spirit in you. So there is a knowledge of your sin. There is a repentance. There is a mourning over your sin. And there is a desire to know Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. There is that. So it's not, okay, yeah, all right, I know Christ. uh, Yeah, I I believe in him. And it's just like, let's keep continuing in what we were doing. Let's keep continuing. No, when your heart is regenerated, when you become a new believer, it is no joke where it's you become a new creation in Christ. Mm -hmm. The old things have passed away. The new has come. And that is, yes, where the Holy Spirit begins a work, but the initial transformation is there is a knowledge of sin. There is that remorse, that, that mourning over that sin and that desire to seek after the things of God. Um, and I kind of also want to add just a little bit more in saying that when you worship, you must also Be discerning on what you expose your eyes to and your ears. That is huge because literally you can be reading your word and reading your word and reading your word, but yet if you're sitting there and exposing yourself to things that are not going to really help you in your walk or are going to deter you from your walk, chances are those temptations could. Drag you in a direction that you don't want to go in, and you can easily succumb to it, so it's better to be very discerning and mind you, when you are and you are still seeking after God and his word, that is an act of worship, and then you can freely worship the Lord in spirit and in truth so um, I do have a few questions that I would like to ask Ooh. I guess drop the jingle here Question time with Amanda
1: you might cry but hopefully good tears <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't going to laugh but then you just like chuckled in um, okay so as I usually say is these questions are for self-examination and you do it before the Lord Have your Bibles open. See what God has to say to you, because God honors that. God honors when you seek to be more conformed into his image. So question number one is, what was your initial idea of worship? Question number two is, after hearing this, what do you understand that worship is? And number three is, do you believe that you can worship in spirit and in truth? And that's it. So it's interesting how our time dwindles really fast. Mm-hmm. But if you would be so kind, Massesia, would you be willing to close us out in prayer? Sure. Thank you. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for
1: this time that we've been able to spend um focusing on you and your ways and scripture, Lord, and, um, being able to just talk about you and, um, thank you so much for the gift of worship, the gift of your grace and your mercy that we can know you and that we are born again and able to delight in you and want to serve you and worship you the way you would have us, Lord. Um... I pray that with everybody listening, that everything is able to be made clear, Lord, and that hearts are able to be softened and that your truth would remain in us, Lord, and um, that you would continue to guide us to walk with you in the way that glorifies you the most, Lord, um, and that we would be able to keep our eyes fixed on you, God. Thank you so much for just everything that you have been able to provide, God, that you have delivered us from, and that you are doing a wonderful work in us. Um, May you be glorified, may your will be done, and may your truth shine forth, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, so we absolutely are just thankful. We are filled with so much gratitude with um, just prayers and the support that we have received. And we just really hope that you continue to listen in. And please, if there's anywhere where you can comment or subscribe or like or share, we greatly appreciate that. And we keep all of you in our prayers because our hearts desire to. (laughs) And God calls us to, to pray, to pray for all of us. It's not the easiest of times that we're in, but we completely believe that God is in control and he's sovereign and he will have his will be done. So until next time we thank you and goodbye. Bye.